You are listening to Beltway Beef. I am Max Moncaster. I am the Associate Director of Policy Communications here at NCBA. And I am sitting here with Scott Yeager. He's our Chief Environmental Counsel. Uh, how are you doing, Scott? I've had better days, but this is a good, this is a good day. Uh, yeah, I certainly appreciate that. Last week we were a little caught off guard when we uh, got some news of uh, a zombie actually in our midst. Um, Scott, can you explain to folks uh, what's, what's going on? Everyone thought Wotus was dead, but the, the reality was, was uh, Trump's executive order from 2017 didn't kill Wotus outright. What it did is set the wheels rolling towards the death of Wotus. But the reality sitting here today is that that hasn't happened yet, and it has to be done by the agencies. So EPA and Army Corps have to finalize their repeal of the 2015 rule. And until that happens, the 2015 rule is still on the books. And as you see now with the district court in South Carolina issuing their injunction, uh, it effectively put it back into play for 26 states. So uh, while a lot of people out in the country thought it was a done deal, guess what? It ain't a done deal. And it ain't a done deal until the agencies final, finalize this repeal. And how does Congress play into this whole um, picture? There's obviously been some legislative moves to get the 2015 rule repealed. What's the kind of status in Congress? Are we working there as well, or just is it really an EPA play at the moment? Really, the ball is in the EPA and the Army Corps' court. They have the pen right now. Uh, Congress has had its chance to fix this, and unfortunately, Congress could not get it done. Uh, there was staunch Democratic opposition to rolling back the 2015 rule. We had uh, a bill in the House and in the Senate, and it passed through the House. The Senate version could not muster up the uh, the, the votes it needed to get a uh, to pass a cloture motion. I think, I think we fell short four votes. Uh, so the unfortunate reality is that 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 situation hasn't changed. We still don't have the votes needed to, to get anything through Congress, so we need to continue to work with um, the Trump administration to get this fixed administratively. Regardless of how this does shake out with the EPA, do you expect more litigation down the road when President Trump you know, nominated Brett Kavanaugh to be a Supreme Court member? Um, you released a statement saying that we were pleased because we thought that would help um, with any WOTUS litigation should it get all that way. What's the kind of path forward there? Right. Uh, good good insight, good perspective. So Kavanaugh, if he gets to the Supreme Court, and I said if because he has to be Senate confirmed, and that is a process that he has to go through in order to get a, a, a seat on that bench. But assuming he is able to get to the Supreme Court, you're going to have a United States Supreme Court that has a strong five-majority conservative votes, a strong majority on um, uh, property rights issues. Kavanaugh is a great uh, guy for the job. He's done a ton of administrative law cases uh, during his tenure in the D.C. Circuit, and the majority of which he sided against the EPA on their overbroad uh uh, regulations under the Obama administration. So I think if Kavanaugh were in place, the Supreme Court, we could, uh, we would be in a really good position to have a narrower WOTUS definition affirmed by the Supreme Court. Because as you hinted to Max, every piece of this is going to be litigated by the environmental groups. So as soon as uh, this administration finalizes repeal, there's going to be lawsuits all over that. As soon as they finalize a replacement definition that's narrower and more in line with Scalia's opinion of, of a WOTUS, that's going to be litigated by every environmental group out there. And that's why we're involved in the lawsuits. We're, we are a party 
to these cases so that our voices can be heard not only in Congress through lobbying efforts and with the agencies, but in the court system. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, I believe that this issue is going to be decided by a Supreme Court, hopefully one that has Kavanaugh uh, on the bench. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Scott. And you brought up the environmental groups. That's the last point I really wanted to touch on. You know, we've seen how um, kind of in the face of some of the efforts to get the 2015 ROTUS rule repealed, the environmental groups have really launched a messaging offensive um, talking about the threats to clean water and kind of trying to scare people about what this is going to mean if the 2015 ROTUS rule isn't in place, what will that mean for, for drinking water? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's a great it's a great observation because what Max just said is the 20 uh, getting rid of the 2015 WOTUS rule will threaten drinking water. That's a false premise that's been put out there by environmental groups and by the last uh, administration's EPA. The fact of the matter is the Clean Water Act was not designed to protect drinking water. That's why we have the Safe Drinking Water Act. That was a statute that was specifically designed to protect drinking water. What the Clean Water Act is supposed to do is, is basically get all of our waters and our all of our WOTUSes to a fishable and swimmable level, so for recreational purposes. It's not to make our uh, recreational waters into drinking water. So that's a false premise that's been planted and put out there by environmental groups. It's something that we need to continue fighting and provide clarity on. Um, it's just not how it's supposed to work. So environmental groups using that, uh, I mean, obviously it hits home really well because it, you, you don't want your drinking water to be dirty. But guess what? You already have a law that's protecting your drinking water at the source, at the at the tap, basically. Absolutely. And I think states' rights is also an important component of that there. I mean, there's obviously plenty of state regulation on um, waterways, and that's a whole other layer of how our waters across the United States actually do get managed and regulated. So it's not just the federal government. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the Clean Water Act was created by Congress under this premise of a um, cooperative federalism. A cooperative federalism means it's the federal government basically working with the states, and um, the states have their own authority. The federal government has some authority. Uh, but basically, at the end of the day, the states are the ones that are out there doing the, the groundwork and, and implementing these programs. So that's something that a lot of people forget, Most of, uh, especially when you're in D.C. Uh, they think the federal government's here to do everything. That's just not the case. That's not the way it was designed. The states have a very important role in this process. And the states can go out there and basically regulate whatever they see is important to protect human health and the environment. And nothing is stopping that by getting rid of the 2015 rule and replacing it with one that's more uh, tailored to what Congress originally intended. And CBA's Chief Environmental uh, Counsel, Scott Yeager, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Max. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat lots of beef. Make sure to visit our website at www.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at Beltway Beef.